Listener Production. You're listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by myself, Elodie Pullen, and me, Chloe Fisher. A place where we ground womanhood's unspoken experiences from grief to fertility and everything in between. Join us while we transform our pain into power, encompassing all emotions ugly and beautiful. Darling Shine is your chosen family and your survival kit for the unexpected shit life throws at you. Look at us. We're back together again, guys. From our recording studio in Ibiza. And that's my shine of the week, I think, being here with you. That's nice. It's so nice to have the fan back. I know. It's been great. Fish doesn't let us touch Minnie. It's just like a dream. Again, we keep organising a babysitter and he's just like, like basically we ha- we <laughs> she arrives and we have to just pay her and say, sorry for booking you. You have to actually leave because Fish won't let you stay. <laughs> it's so, bizarre behaviour. It's, it's really bizarre behaviour. <laughs> No, nah, she's been such a little legend. Wow, she was a trooper at dinner last night. Just everything. It's, it's just bloody good vibes over here. Yeah. And what about your shit of the week? This actually isn't really a shit, but it's just so fucking funny. So when um, when I was flying over here, I was on the, I went on this Japanese airline called ANA and we actually went through Tokyo. Like I took, I took the randomest fucking way around the world, but I only just booked my flights like a few weeks ago and like that was just what I had to deal with. So... I was in the toilet with Minnie on the plane and, um, you know, Japanese toilets, they have the like, little bum spray that happens, like the, the what fountain. What are they called? I have no idea. What are they called? I don't know. There's a word for it. You know, in those special toilets where they do squirt your ass and stuff, I've never really mucked around with that because I don't think I really want to clean my ass when I'm out in public. I don't I do that in the shower. I just don't agree with like water spraying in that Same. direction that you don't know where it's come from. Same. And, and I'm like, I need that. soap and other things. Like I don't just want the water. You know what I mean? Like I'll go sort myself out in the shower later. You soap your bum. Don't you put no, soap up so, your ass? Like, you don't put, wait. Like, like, <laughs> no, 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 I don't put soap up near it, my bum. Well, my bum, but not my fucking fanny. I don't, I don't put on my fanny, <laughs> but I do it on my, <laughs> we're not cutting this out. I definitely clean my bum with soap. Like yeah, for sure. a little bit of a, a rinse. A little I, bit. Trying to avoid that that frontal area. It's not good for it. I know. I don't. I didn't say the frontal. <laughs> I leave that for its own little situation to clean itself. But just water there. But um. Anyway, so fuck. I've literally <laughs> lost my. <laughs> that's not getting cut. So like, <laughs> um. Okay. My oh yeah. So we're in this little Japanese toilet on the plane and. I'm sitting down, Minnie's in front of me and she's start, starting to touch these buttons and I'm feeling like I'm getting sprayed left, right and centre and I'm, I'm immediately like, I go, whoa, and jump up. And I was like, Minnie, like that, because it just startled me and you know how I get a fright easily. Yes. And I'm like, fuck, there's water going all over my ass right now. I was just peeing. I'm like, Minnie, stop touching the buttons. And I stood, she wouldn't stop touching them and I just couldn't deal with the, the fountain going up my ass. So I I was like, I didn't book in for a colonic. <laughs> so, I, so I stood up and the water starts squirting out at me all over Minnie and like literally drowns Minnie, like just drenches her all over her face and her Fresh outfit hour. and it was on our first flight and I was like, get fucked. Like she's now covered in like toilet water, toilet oh. fountaining squirting water 
it was so she loved it as well. She was I like, can oh. imagine. she thought it was so <laughs> funny. Oh my god, it was just a bit of an experience. <laughs> so we come out of there, and Minnie looks like she's just had a shower. You always have an experience in the bathrooms and planes. Toilets on planes with a baby is just fucked. One of the um, beautiful Japanese flight attendants was like, I have a baby too. If you need help at all on this plane, like I'll hold her while you go to the bathroom and all that jazz. But I just like that chick disappeared for the whole flight. So I was like, where's she when I need to not be squirted up the ass by the Japanese toilet? (laughs) But... Well, and then I just thought of something else that was funny at the airport when we hopped off that that flight in Tokyo. Minnie was dead asleep in the pram and um, she actually got patted down when we were going through the security area. <laughs> and they were like, we're going to really need to pat the baby down. And I was like, oh, she's asleep, so you better not just like do not wake her. And there's two people patting down her arms and her legs and her chest and like her head. I'm genuinely not joking and she just didn't wake up. What a legend. What a legend. It was so funny. When she's out, she's out. Though. Yeah, she's a good sleeper mm. and she's on, she's on. She's, she has two modes. On but, yeah, so that would be my shit and shine. What about you, Siso? Um, My shine of the week would be it was just my birthday week, so that was really fun. We went, Paul brought me like on a surprise little vacay um, two nights away and we were just literally just ate and we really we had a cocktail at dinner, but didn't really drink. Did our little meditate meditations. We went swimming in the ocean. Like just, it was such a nice, relaxing. We were both so unbelievably relaxed by the time we left there. It was it was just so nice to actually just have that time away from the party scene and like people. It was like a people detox. So yeah. it was really nice just to spend time the two of us because we've just been so busy. Go 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 go, and then. Oh, and then at high the other night we had the birthday cake with my head on it. They always oh, love doing the photos with so the photo good. heads and everyone. I know it was so nice. Everyone always goes so over and above at the club when when it's someone's birthday. So it was really lovely to have everyone. And we we went us girls went to dinner before the club, and we went to go straight to the club from dinner. But then we ended up getting sidetracked and ended up going like two hours late. And I just realized that they all must have been just waiting sort of in that. Fully. They were there for yeah, so long. Yeah, waiting for us to walk in. That's why they kept on saying, hey, give us an ETA, let us know where you are. And it was just like, <laughs> we kind of did a bit of a bum steer into the, into the party. But yeah, that was definitely my shines of the week. It was, and obviously was having so you girls, cute. you guys arrived on um, the morning of the show. So we've had such a, a nice bit of time together before you jet off on your trip with your mum. My shit of the week, and I was finding it really hard to find a shit of the week because it's just been such a nice week with everyone. But when we were at this hotel, they were like, oh, it's your birthday. We would love to upgrade you to a different room. Like you got it's like the up. beautiful room on the water. So I was like, wow, that's amazing. Anyway, comes to, maybe like an hour or two after we had like got into our room, we we're playing cards or something, laying on the balcony, and we get this phone call, and the guy's like, "Oh, I just want to um, talk about tonight's plans." And I and I thought, "Oh, quick, maybe I'll put the phone on to Paul because I was I, I was thinking oh, you maybe was he's birthday. playing something." Anyway, and oh. I just hear Paul go. Yeah, no, we're not really interested in, in that. And I was thinking, what could we not be interested in? He gets off the phone. He said, you wouldn't believe it, but there's a party on the beach <laughs> that we got invited to. So anyway, we've had dinner and we've like gone back to the room to go to sleep. And I'm thinking, 
maybe these doors are probably soundproof, you'd think. It was so loud. We're in that party scene constantly and he's working all the time, late nights, loud music. So this was like two nights where we just wanted to just not listen to music and not party and be able to actually sleep and get some, like, you know, early nights and, and early mornings. But, yeah, it was so loud until maybe like two in the morning. We actually ended up getting maybe at like one o'clock. I was just like, please pass me the phone. We have to move rooms because we can't. Oh I, we couldn't, we, neither of us could sleep. It, the, the the base was must have been right near where our bed was so and it was God. just vibrating the, the whole room. It was pretty heavy. So it's not really that much of a bad shit, but that was, that's really the only thing that I could think of that we were both like, what? No, it's just why because you can. I can just imagine the hotel staff being like, yeah. "Oh, Fish would love this. He, he, you know, he's a bloody DJ. He'll love to come to this party and hang out with these randoms yeah. and fucking because they just see this image and would think that. But it's like the one time he just wants to chill with his wife and cruise. Yeah, but Fuck, um, all in all, I was definitely the shines outside outshined the shits this week for me for sure. Yeah, fuck, I'm, I am finding it hard to find some shits lately. Like, I'm just making shit up, basically. What was my shit? Me in the toilet. Oh, yeah. No, that was actually a bit of a shine because it was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so today's episode, we thought we would record one while we're together, obviously, and we were kind of thinking about everything that we've both been going through lately and we thought we should do an episode on major life transitions and sort of talk through... Now that we like, you know, once we sat down and put pen to paper, really thinking about the major ones, we were like, you know, we've still got a lot to come, but we have definitely gone through a lot ourselves already. We kind of wanted to go through a few of them and talk about our experiences personally within them. Yeah. Um, but I think as well, just in general, everyone's gone through this huge life transition through COVID recently, or, you know, in the coming past years, like some of the things that have like stemmed from COVID were so major for some people. Like mm. people have lost their businesses, people, you know, it's shaken, it shook the world really. Um, it didn't really affect some people as much as others, but I feel like that was like a big key one that everyone's sort of like trying to navigate their way out of at the moment. Thank God. But like transitions in general, like everyone goes through like, okay, you're starting a new school or you're graduating, you're leaving school, like just all that shit that happens in life, just like, adapting to change and mm-hmm. all. I guess life is, and someone said this to me the other day, life is like life is epic, but what happens is a series of bombs go off continuously throughout your life. Little things that you have to conquer and bigger bombs that are hectic mm. that like you're going to have to grieve and go through. Mm. And it's just all about bloody climbing that mountain every day and getting over it. Mm. And you probably won't learn too much from my life advice from this episode, but it, it'll just be maybe like a cool little chatteroo about what we do and I to think get as by. Well, it's like a good little reflection opportunity for us to see how far we have come and yeah. see like how we have navigated those experiences. And where we thought we'd be and where we are now. Like I I thought I was going to be like bloody nurse. I'm so far from a fucking nurse. I actually thought I was going to be a primary school teacher at one point in my life. I know. Wowza. So let's start from the top. I feel like the first major one where that you really remember Okay, maybe if you've changed schools. I didn't change. Well, I actually. I was going to say being born, but as if we're going to remember being <laughs> born. That was a transition coming out of mum's vulva. <laughs> Transitioning into life. <laughs> um, I feel like, I mean, when you're younger, you hear of kids that change schools all the time. I, only, I, I actually 
have to say I did change schools once. I changed mm. high schools. Scary, a bit scary? You know what? I wasn't really scared to change schools. I was actually more excited to leave the school that I was mm. at. That So I wasn't really too scared about the change there. But um, I feel like when you're younger, you're so much more resilient. You just sort of bounce back and you're like, it's kind of an exciting time. Yeah. I think it, like I know you changed schools in high school because you came to my school and you were so excited to get away from your other school. But I just think changing, I never re, I changed school. It was in primary school, but I don't really remember. I feel like when you're that primary mm. school, it's kind of like, Obviously, it would have been daunting at the time, but I think high school's way more scary to change. Yeah. I um, went to that school because when growing up, I was one of four kids. So our fam- my family didn't really have heaps of money. The school that, that I ended up going to was just too expensive for my family to be able to afford because I had the four children and it just wasn't possible. So the, the sports high school is a public school. So I just went to the sports high, but it, like I said, I didn't, I wasn't sporty at all. Mm. So I just always felt out of place. I don't know. I just always felt out of place and I was quite academic. Like I really enjoyed school and I found it really hard to focus at that school because no one was really, I don't know. It just wasn't an academic. School. No one's putting pen to paper in that school. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's different now and and then one day in the playground, one of the boys dacked me and I was like, you know what, I'm fucking out, bye. So I left that school and I went to the school that you were at and my grandparents helped mum and dad pay for my school in there. And then, But I think that the next major life transition and like one of the first ones if you're not changing schools is leaving school. I feel like maybe it's, do you reckon it's like a 50-50 mm. split with kids that know exactly what they want to do yeah. and then there's kids that have absolutely no idea what they want to do in life. It's like I think people are either dying to leave school. Like when I talked to Chumpy about it, he was like, I cannot believe you liked school. I fucking hated that place. Which is surprising for me. hated it, just wanted to get out of there. Like he wagged school like most days. His parents knew about it. He would just go snowboarding. Like because he was an athlete. Genuinely hated school and just didn't. But he's so like a older in the head that he was like, I know this is a waste of time. I'm going to be a professional mm-hmm. snowboarder. Work like doing fucking algebra at this school is not gonna yeah. isn't gonna help that. Like get yeah. me on the snow. Whereas I was just like, I, I'm like the opposite. I'm going backwards in life. I just wanted to stay at school. I did not want to leave. I wanted to see my friends every day. Yeah. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Mum was putting pressure on me to go to uni and yeah. like, she's, she's very much like you go to work, you do your eight hours shift and that's how you get paid. So she was obsessed with me getting like a proper degree and she was obsessed with me being a nurse and I kind of only went and did that because she really wanted me to. But I, I did always have a bit of a thing for nurses and like helping people and I do like anatomy of the body and learning about like mm. I was like I'm into health and shit back then and I, I was into like yeah, learning about just mm. the human body and stuff. So when you were leaving school, you knew you, you didn't know what you wanted to do? No, start. I didn't. I, I left school and I had about six months off and I was just working my ass off at this retirement village. Mm. And then I, yeah, started nursing up midway through the year, which was weird. I did finish my diploma of that, worked in the field, which was scary as fuck. I, mm. I reckon working, like doing practicals in hospitals for me was so scary. Like that's a massive out of your comfort zone thing. Mm. Like you feel like you're making calls on like, health decisions for these people that are like dying and it's Mm. just like I just thought that was so scary like I feel like you really get thrown in the deep end definitely the best thing I've ever done and like I love it when you're so sure about a decision it made me be like 
I'm not mature or old enough to be like in charge of these people's lives. I'm fucking not, I'm yeah. not going to continue. Like, cause my thing was, let me do the, I'll do the one year diploma and then I'll go on for like three years and become a midwife at uni or mm. do the proper registered nursing. So you kind of had a plan. Yeah, I had that plan. And then I was like, no, fuck this. I'm just going to get the diploma and not do nursing. Yeah. And then I went into, and then I was like, oh, let's try primary school teaching. I think that's a thing when you leave school, because I'm pretty yeah. sure I started doing when I left school, there was one thing that I knew for sure and it was I didn't want to go to uni. That was a non-negotiable yeah. for me. I was like... That surprises me. Yeah, I just felt like I've been in school for this long. I've worked my ass off. I've really enjoyed it, but I need to like... Work. I want to work and I don't. I want to make money. And I was sort of like one of those people who just really was a little unsure in what I wanted to do. Still to this day, I like, I really go back and forth like with the idea of same. Would I have wanted to have been in like a serious corporate, like serious doctor or like whatever? I could so see you doing, I could so see you just like being some general manager of some big boss company. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely didn't want to go to uni, but then I think that that was just a thing like, and maybe people that are listening, it's a thing in your friendship group, but did every girl not want to be a school teacher? Like you're going to go and study education or communications or something. Oh, yeah, PR. That. I did what that as well. I did like, all of the above. Did study communications. Marketing and shit, yeah. yeah. But I did, what did I do? Oh, was it the arts degree? Everyone used yeah. to just go choose an arts degree because it was just I like. I just couldn't think of anything worse than have going back to school. But I, when I first left school, so. I actually, I, I thought I wanted to be in something in to do with like events management because I'm such an organiser and I really like that. And I did do a TAFE degree with my girlfriend, um, Corey, diploma in events management or whatever. So I did that, but I then realized I was like, I don't really know where I want to work in events management. So I, I've, I always wanted to do flight attending random, randomly. So I was a, I, I really wanted to work with Virgin or Qantas. Qantas, but it was super hard to get into those airlines. I ended up with Jetstar and that was pretty cool because, you know, you apply for that, you get the job and then you move to Melbourne for a month or so. They put you up and it's like you go to ground school so and it's cool. all the hands-on and like you have to learn or like every time they get on the planes, you sit down as your crew and you get your positions and you have to go check all the equipment on the plane. You've got to know every time they like the, do- the the bells ring on the plane, everyone picks up and that you've got all your words to say. It, yeah. was a, it was a really a good job. It was a great job, but it was actually crazy the shit that you had to remember. I feel like I would come to work every day. I'd be so scared, like what position I'd get put because every position, so there's like the front, there's like the people that are on the middle that are on the emergency exits. And then there's the people on the back and every single position has a different job. And you don't get to pick really where you are unless you've got a good supervisor that kind of like wets you guys if you have a preferred spot. But there's just so much you have to remember and if the plane was going down, I really don't know what I would do. <gasps> Fuck no, no. You I mean, just... I should, but I, I was just thinking, not really. No, no, no. Let's be honest. What flight attendant <laughs> knows what to do if the flight, like there's no way they'll actually know what to do or, or fix anything. The plane's yeah. going the fuck down. I did love it though. Like I really <laughs> loved getting dressed up and, you know, slicking my hair back. And I was a baby. Yeah, I was so you young. Were. My, my, my dress was so long. It like, used to drown me. you. I remember yeah. you came to one of Corey's parties after wearing it. Oh I, I literally remember it so well. You had the slick back bun with that fucking donut thing in. So yeah, you had the yeah, bun. yeah. 
it was real cute. Um, and then I dislocated, believe it or not, dislocated my shoulder at work. So I work couldn't work comp. for ages. Well, I think it was only for like six months and then it was actually never getting better. So I'm like, just let's just stop this and I'll move on with my career and go into a different direction. Oh, and then I ended up going into working in advertising. So I, I guess going back to the, the sort of after school transition, my my parents were never really that strict though. They weren't really like, you have to do this, you have to do this. It was almost just like do you, you kids do what you want as long as you're happy and as long as you're hard workers and that's fine. Mm. But I feel like some people really struggle with that after. And I feel like some a lot of people really struggle with their parents being so as- assertive in their decisions. And I feel like by that point when you're leaving school, you're essentially an adult. You're usually mm. 18 years old and you should be able to make your own decisions and be able to, I don't know, I think I was quite, Yeah. I really stood my ground in, not that I had to with my parents, but like I was like, no, no, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to do. Whereas I feel like yeah, some parents are a little scary, I think. Yeah, I definitely regret not just taking more time off after school to figure out what I really wanted to do because then I did that that year of nursing, which definitely don't regret because I love that mm-hmm. I have that. But then I randomly did the the year of primary school teaching, which really was a waste of time. Like I could have done without that, but mm-hmm. it did. It took me, I reckon only took me a few months of the mm-hmm. degree to go, now fuck this, I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And then I went and did a bloody, like I have a commerce and PR degree, which probably you would think would help with this podcast and shit, but I can't remember one dot of the degree. So I really regret doing that. That was a waste of three years. So I studied for literally five years, basically. Yeah, see, that's what I didn't want to do. That's what I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do any, like obviously if I wanted to be a doctor or something like that or like a profession that you really need, university, I was like, yeah, I'm like a lawyer. a job. Yeah. Like exhibit A is, is you and me, such a lull. You're the academic one and the business boy that likes doing this shit. Like look at all the notes you've got in front of you right now. And I'm the one that doesn't like that shit. But I went to uni and it just goes to show, I don't mean to say don't go to uni, don't study, but it just goes to show like I am literally not using it at all and I'm still kind of doing all right. Have you still got your hex bill? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. And I've got a $45,000 fucking hex debt. <laughs> That's fun. Isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah, I'm still paying that off. Well, yeah, I've, yeah, I'm paying that off. It's fucked. So that's fun. Wow. Yeah, I figured that out recently having to get like this mortgage shit, which is another transition. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Anyway, they tell you about all the debts that you've got and I just literally <sighs> forgot that I had. Like that was just like something I completely forgot about. You think like they're going to forget about like, it I too. thought I paid that off ages ago. My accountant's like, ah, oh, it looks <laughs> like you just haven't really paid a dot of it off. Like, no, I think that they take it from you automatically I mean, once you I start. I feel like they haven't if it's 45K, unless it was 80K before. I didn't even want to ask questions. I was like, well, fuck. I can get to that one day. <laughs> Don't even. I hate reading paperwork, oh, like tax stuff. Yeah, I'm like, no, I trust yeah. you guys just deal with it. Yeah. But half the bloody kids at school now would be sweet because they're probably all just rich and famous off fucking TikTok and they're just, no one's going to uni anymore. Times have changed all. Seriously. It's wow. scary what, what technology is doing. So, so what about that actual transition? We tried to make a TikTok yesterday of us getting... <laughs> <laughs> changed and Janie, our friend, like was meant to throw the clothes at us and then like we do that little jump and like the clothes are magically just on and like she fucking dead set pegged the clothes at us like she was pegging a baseball and, yeah, it wasn't a very smooth transition. Yeah, we're going to have to work on that one. Yeah, we're not very good at transitioning into anything, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, going back to like university degrees, most people that work in advertising and marketing go and do this communications, Bachelor of Communications, 
but I didn't. I just knew, we just knew. My mum actually worked for a woman who was like one of the heads. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Exactly. My mum always said that to me when I was growing up. It's not what you know, it's who you know. 100%. And there was like people that were all on my same level at the, in this business that had been at university for three to five years and I just like this random chick that rocked up and just like taught myself on the job, you know. Um, and then that's when I met Paul, moved to America, lived sort of like on the road heaps and then decided I can't just be a bludger. <laughs> I need to do something and that's when I started my swimwear label. And I did that while I was on the road for, I owned it for seven years and sold it in 2019. Yeah, so starting a business is a massive transition. Huge and it's like, so scary. It's super risky. You really have to just so be- have a lot of self-belief that it's going to work because I did get told by quite a few people not to do it. Mm. And I was just like, no, I I know I see there's a, hole in the market in Australia for like Brazilian swimwear mm, and it was before yeah. anyone obviously it's like everyone does it now but it was really really was because being in America for so long I always loved little bikini bottoms and I loved Arcacia swimwear so I was always wearing those and I was like well, you just can't buy them in Australia you actually couldn't even really get them to Australia because yeah. the shipping was always so, so expensive so I ended up doing them and obviously Australian owned and Australian, like all my shipping and everything came out of Australia. So I did that and I really kind of, I loved that. But again, like I said, it is really risky. I had a lot of people saying, don't do it. I had no money. I borrowed like five grand off Paul, five grand off my pop and paid them both back when I made that money. But it, and I had no idea, no experience. It was just like a Google everything, throw yourself in the deep end, blind, leading the blind and just like kind of worked it all out. It was, it was, it was a really good experience. And I really, and I feel like the way that I do business now, I like, you know, I learned all from doing that. And mm. you know. and then I think you having done the swimwear brand kind of also slowly threw you into like the Instagrammy like influency kind of being like a bit of a like Because we were model, travelling as well vibe. so much and like I feel like we were going to such beautiful yes. places, especially with Paul's work, that I was able to well, I mean, both you and I always sort of modelled since we were younger. So that yeah. wasn't like a new thing. So I would do like shoots here and there, but it wasn't, yeah. I hate the word influencer. Like I just wouldn't, I just yeah, but it just don't. organically happened. Yeah, no, no, no. I just like, I don't see myself as like an influencer. I feel like it, what what yeah. we do and what I do on the, on, on the back of Instagram is just through our lifestyle. It's not, mm. that's not my sole purpose in life. I can't believe I actually influence people, but um, <laughs> fuck. Thoughts and prayers to those people that I influence. <laughs> You're always going on about how you say shit and how why would people want to know about you? <laughs> no, 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 keep going. <laughs> of course people want to do shit that you're doing. Lol. Yeah, and then on the road, someone had to do Paul's, Paul's merchandise and obviously after I'd done the swimwear thing, it kind of just evolved into that being my job and then podcast. But then I think the next major transition that you have, which happens quite soon after school for some, is moving out of home. Mm. If you haven't, or, or moving homes in general, like did you move a lot when you yeah, were younger? Yeah, so what happened? Oh, yeah, we moved a fair bit because like my mum left my dad when I was one and then I moved from my mum's to my dad's to my mum's to my dad's regularly and then we moved all the way back from Mossman. No, fuck, I moved a lot. So I lived in, I don't know if you know any of this, when I was like seven and stuff I lived in Lane Cove for a, a few years 
and then Mossman and then Balgala. And then mum moved what? me and my brother around. We just like rented units everywhere and moved. And then finally moved back to Narrabeen. And then I, yeah, that's when I changed primary schools. And then and then I always lived in Narrabeen and Warrywood my whole life, which are two suburbs that are right next to each other. And dad lived in Warrywood mm. and mum lived in Narrabeen. And it was epic because I'd have dinner at mum's and I'd literally run when I was a health fit person, run over to my dad's house, have dessert with him, hang with him, and then like run back to bed to my mum's. How did you feel like when you were younger transitioning, like going from house to house and do you remember I much? can't really remember too much. I do remember we had to, like, my mum just got married to this guy and um, we had to move into his house, you know, my old stepdad. Mm. But, yeah, that was really weird because we had to, like, literally, fuck, I'm just remembering it now. My brother was screaming, crying because he didn't want to move in because we just we were just like, okay, this is your new house and this is your new brother and he's going to be in your that room and then that's your room, Ellen, and that's your room, Dave. And me and my brother were just like, what the fuck is going on? Who are these guys? Like it was all pretty abrupt. Like my mum's kind of went with what she knew and thought was right for us and her and like, which is epic, love the gut intuition. But um, holy moly, it was like fucking pretty erratic. Like, hey, guys, next week we're moving and you're going to have a brother. And we were like, what? <laughs> it That's was wild. fucking rattling. Mm. I've literally forgotten about that. Not one, yeah, so... It was rattling at the time, but it obviously hasn't affected me too much because I've kind of forgotten about it completely. Did and you then move? You didn't move. I didn't move. Yeah, mum and dad are still in our family house. It's so good. The it's last... one of those houses that just has so many memories and shit. Yeah, we, we were there from, in. I think when I was born, we they lived in Newport and at some house there mm. with my grandparents for like the first like few weeks of my life and then they moved to Narrabeen to where we, they've still got the family home. That's what I mean. They can never leave it. It's special. Yeah. So I didn't really have that many transitions, but I think when I, so when I left school, I had a boyfriend and I were like, I think between like we spent time, heaps of time between like our house and then his family house, obviously when you're in high school and then we're like, let's try and move out together. Mm, That's right. You lived in Mona Yeah. We quickly realized that we didn't want to live out of home together. So I moved home. And Did that, that not work? It. I remember I came no, over one time it. and you fed me ham on toast at the Monaval crib. Like it was near Christmas. It was that good. Christmas ham. Yum. Yum, yum. But, yeah, so I moved home and I think we broke up and that was the end of that. So Yeah, so I think I think I um, didn't do that with my ex. We didn't actually end up moving out to that, but he just lived basically at my house, my family, and fucking probably pretty good that we didn't end up moving out together. <laughs> God bless, absolutely love him. It works or it doesn't. Love him. Yeah. I don't have too many tips and tricks on actually moving. You know what did happen though to me? Like I didn't opt to move out of home. I've told this, I think, on the podcast before, but I had been on that big girls trip for my 21st birthday. We went to like Vegas and shit and I came back and my whole room, I'm not joking, was packed up. Yeah, by my um, stepdad. And my fucking, that was suitcases just sitting at the door and it was like, yeah, you're out of here. Yeah, nah, just go up. find somewhere to live. Can, you can imagine it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Fully, that's, I'm no word of a lie, that's what happened. You know, you would have, you've just forgotten this. I was rattled because I was so excited to just come home, you know, when you want to get in your own bed. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you high? Like, is this, a, is this a joke? And he's like, yeah, well, you left for three months and you didn't pay your rent. Like, because I used to pay rent, obviously, to live at home. And um, then <laughs> I went away and obviously I was kind of just thought I was still a kid, so I wasn't paying my rent. 
And then wow. he's like, fuck, you're taking the fucking piss because you just left for ages and you've just, we could be renting that out to like a student or someone could be living in it. Like that's the kind of shit I grew up on. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess dad was like frothing to take me and he's like, this is what I've been wanting my whole life. You can still live with me. I'm like, here I am, <laughs> 21. That's anyway, wild. but I was, I'd just gotten with Chump at the time before we'd left on our trip. So we're doing that long distance shit while I was away. And uh, well, we had, I guess that was pretty normal because he was away too. But um, then I stayed with dad for a bit and then quickly was like, nah, you know what my dad's house is like. I was like, I just can't be living in this. <laughs> Love him though, obviously. And then um, we then Chump got this unit that he was renting while he would come up to Sydney. He would get put up by the snowboarding like world or whatever in this unit in Narrabeen. In Collaroy, actually. So I went and lived there with him for a while, which was epic. And that was like us moving in together, essentially, mm. kind of, yeah. for ages. And we lived in that that unit for freaking months. Mm. And it was so cute. That was a cute transition. I, see, was, I don't think I ever went to that. Yeah, I don't reckon you did. It was a Bellagio at Collaroy. Paul and I moved around heaps. When we first mm. got together, we he lived with my mum and dad. Like at my, We lived at mum and dad's house for a while, which was like, the Brady Bunch, literally, there was so many people living there, all my my siblings, and then everyone, there was always people Everyone's over boyfriends. for dinner and boyfriends and Paul and I were in, like, the front bedroom near the front door in the lounge room in the kitchen. It was just, like, busy, busy, busy because the only reason why we did that is because we travelled so much for his work and we, did, we literally didn't have a home. And so eventually we, Paul, had a place um, that he was renting with a mate down in Oceanside and I then went over there to spend some time with him. In California. In you California, sorry. Yeah, it was it was wild because like we lived out of it, really lived out of a suitcase for like five years because yeah, we didn't have literally. enough money to rent somewhere permanently because we were never there. I mean, you guys only really got your base in what, like it was like After 2019. COVID. Well, and you got your house in Palmy and then, and then you set that yeah, up. Yeah, we, we like bought our little... first place literally when COVID was happening. Yeah. Right, when we got married in 2020. Yeah. But, yeah, so it was – I feel like our moving was pretty full Fucking on. Crazy. We moved around all, like, constantly. And how would you say, like, what advice could you give to, like, just the constant living on the road, like? That's fucking a transition you have to, every day. This is the thing. I think you have to be super organised. Like I still whinge about packing because I hate packing and I really don't have it down packed yet. Yeah, I think it's just about being organised and sort of trying to plan ahead of time rather than winging it. But that's just me because I feel like a lot of people like to be able to just wing it and like be blasé about it and not bring much shit. But I, I'm always... I mean, you know well in advance where you're going a lot of the yeah. time so you can kind of plan and like you've got a few yeah. bases where you can leave shit and clothes. Yeah. and like I, th- I, feel, I feel like what I reckon with you guys, it makes you guys become good sleepers because you're used to sleeping in all these different fucking beds every night. It's like a different bed, a different hotel, a different fucking city. Like it's actually crazy because like lots of people can't deal without like having their certain pillow or. Yeah, it is. You definitely used to not be like frothing on living on the road all the time. Oh, like I you've hated just adapted. It. You've- I think it got to a point because I did it for maybe five or six years and it got, it really did get to, it, it was because it got to, it just got to one point where I was like, you know what? I need to just surrender to the fact that this is, this it. is it. This is where, or this is just like, this is how my life is going to be for the next period of time and it's it will all it will eventually work out yeah but like I have to go with the flow here which was really difficult for me because I am such a regimented person and I really like stability and I really like to know grounded feel grounded so 
it took a while. It really, honestly, it took until we pretty much had a home, mm. a home base for me to yeah. not feel a little always unsettled, you know? And it's nice that like, even when we're talking to people, you'll be like, oh, like you'll just refer to Ibiza as home or sometimes Fish says, no, we live in the States. And I'm always saying, no, you fucker, you live on the Gold Coast. Well, but home like for is, me is home, home. Like, yeah. but then wherever I am is home. Is home like you ha- you kind of have three homes really because you, you do split your time evenly between yeah. Ibiza, California and Gold yeah. Coast. That's crazy because yeah. I do see that you get itchy feet. Like you'll, you'll come home for a while and then you'll be like, oh, you know, I just need to go back over, you know, now. Because like, I think it's just the normal for me now yeah. to be moving. So when I'm not moving... It kind of throws me off a little. Crazy. I love it. I, it's, it's really funny when you kind of look back at your life. Like I've, I've remembered things just talking about like even the moving and how my mum married my stepdad and I had to like go to this fucking wedding and be a flower girl and like mm. kind of adopt this stepdad and like all those transitions that would have been hectic at the time and I've kind of just like water off a duck's mm. back them kind of vibe because I'm just like I can't I kind of can't remember them yeah. because my everything in my life I'm just like, oh, my God, the biggest thing in my life was when Chump died and getting through that. And I'm always just thinking, like, that was the one crazy thing. Yeah. But there's actually been heaps of shit because my mum and my dad went through court for, like, eight years and me and my brother had to go to mm. court when we were young and talk on the fucking to the judge and do shit like that. And I'm like, that's actually bonkers behaviour yeah. and I've just you forgotten just about it. I think I've brushed it all. Yeah. I don't know. Isn't it just crazy what, what we kind of just, like, fucking sweep under the old ruggo. No, but I think it's just like proof in the pudding that you just get life through. does go on and it's just like a moment in time and, yeah. you know, it's something that seems really, really big and I think that I practice this sort of like every other day. Like if something happens and I, I'm, it, does, it upsets me or, mm. you know, I'm really trying hard just to be like, no, it's going to be forgotten. Yeah, if it's yeah, not yeah. super major, it will be forgotten by the end of the day and you just need to move, you know, move on. And even yeah. when we are going through these like big life transitions, just like exactly what you said, to look back on other big things that you've like gone through and be like, shit, I actually got through that and I barely yeah. remember it today and I'm actually sweet and there's going to be bigger ones that we have to yeah. conquer. In the scheme of things, it's often just a drop in the ocean and it, yeah. and like a lot of the time the discomfort that you'll deal with at that really stressful time mm. when you're enduring that change or, you know, getting through is so fucking good for your you later and like your character building and everything. Yeah, like totally. being comfortable is obviously really nice, but it, it doesn't, like, I mean, being, being uncomfortable and like having to work through that is like, obviously really it's good a learning curve and I think it's character building as well because you know it would be boring if you didn't like you you know we'd be boring and we wouldn't have any life experience if we didn't have to go through these transitions yeah which brings me back to we are not what is that what is that saying (laughs) you're not a tree you can move exactly if you are stuck in a rut you can actually up and leave, you can move, you can change it, quit your job, you can get a new one, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Let's talk about health and ageing in general because I'm feeling so old and I'm putting it down to grief. Really? And just being old and mum life. Minnie makes me old as because I don't sleep as much and I'm so tired. I got three hours last night. Mm. I, I physically look like my eyes close over basically, like <laughs> they're barely open anymore. Like I look old. Uh I mean, I think in general health changes, uh, I mean, for me, obviously it's the the whole fertility stuff because that was just, that just came out of the blue. 
and that's a constant battle and it's unpredictable. But coming back to your aging, I I think now more than ever I am starting to, I don't know, I just feel like I like I'm really starting to notice signs of aging on my face, like like really light sunspots or like my eyes or, but I, you know, but I'm not mad about it or sad about it and I'm not booking in to get Botox and shit like that. That's just like, I, I'm not there yet, but I am as, you know, we're just turned 32 and I feel like it's just weird because it just comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden it's like, you were aging. I mean, I saw this photo of Paul and I the other day in Bali. Oh it was 10 God, years ago. I'm like, so oh, my God, look how chubby and round our faces are. You like so little, so young. You I guys know. literally look like newborn babies. Like, it's like, yeah. And it's also, <laughs> I feel I feel old as well. Like my body, I'm like, I can't, I can't do like, I can't yeah. stretch. I'm not as flexible as what I once was. I can't, my back sore in the morning, like all shit like that. And I've become... With the aging, I actually have definitely become like. Have you noticed I'm so much more like into makeup now? Like, obviously, I can't apply it, <laughs> but like, I'm I go and buy makeup, and I'm I'm trying to like you know cover shit up. I'm trying to like care about what I look like, which I never would before, because like my skin was good enough before, and now I'm like, oh, I've got to hide this and da da da. I mean, I don't want to put a bad. I don't want to look. Yeah, we're not using makeup as our mask, but we're working with makeup to amplify certain parts of us is what I'm saying. But I'm definitely, I'm kind of relying on it lately, let's be honest. (laughs) Oh, Oh, That says a bit about about ageing for me, being into makeup all of a sudden, like what the fuck? I have all the gear, not much for the You have lots of gear and lots of ideas. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, but um, (laughs) the, the health thing's gnarly. I mean, like. We talked to Bianca Innes who had cancer yeah. when she was bloody 18. I know. Is it 18? I know. No. 20. She was 19. Too fucking young. Like that's, imagine going like. I know. It's crazy. And I think as well, some people, it, it's just unfair and unpredictable. Yeah. I, I feel like these, sometimes these like crazy health scares and crazy health experiences that people go through in their life are super unfair. And it, it is about, yeah. you know, trying to be as resilient as possible and trying to, you know. I feel like um, I probably can't. Like I'm just having a laugh about the ageing thing. I take my health for sure for granted and I shouldn't because I'm around you, you, you're having, you know, you have your fertility issues and I feel like a bit of a dog sitting here going, eh, ageing. Oh, when no, I know, I'm talking about ageing as well. Yeah. I'm really feeling the signs of ageing. Yeah, but like... I mean, there could just be so much, like so many health problems that we we can really go through and like it's so easy to take your health for granted. Oh, totally. You know, whenever I find an eyelash like under my eye or I'm blowing out a candle on my cake or some shit, the one thing I, and probably shouldn't tell you guys this, but I never know what to wish for. So I always just say health, happiness. And I think about my family and I'm like, I just want us all to be healthy and happy. Mm. Like that's all I fucking want. Like that's all all anyone could ever ever want. Like I can't. Like literally, yeah. Happiness, health. Yeah, I agree. Fuck. We. This is like the heaviest one, I think. And you've obviously tra- learned about this quite early on, and it's something that people, young people, shouldn't have to go through. And that's like losing a partner at such a young age. And it's it's something that completely throws you off guard. Obviously, it's just like a whole. It's. I mean, it, it's incomparable. Uh, you know, people dying, but when it's like a young person that dies, yeah. you just don't. I mean, I know they can they can be sick, which is awful, but I still feel like it's still a fucking shock when a young person oh, dies, even I if know. they're dying slowly of cancer or something. Because it's, it's just so 
wrong. Mm. And especially I feel for pet, like so much feel for parents that lose their kids. Like I feel for Chump's family and Chump's parents so much because it's so wrong, like so mm. fucking wrong for your you to outlive your children. It's just yeah. not how it should go. Mm. And and that that is like a transition that should just you shouldn't have to go through. And I don't know how time does heal mm. things. Like I'm, I don't think I'll ever be fully healed, but like it's so much easier for me to get through lately than mm. oh, but then I don't know. I'm going I go through weird things all the time. It's yeah. weird it's actually. It's a zigzag roller coaster. Yeah. Nothing's linear when it comes to grief and um I feel like I'll never understand a death at all. But um, when like when I was younger, I actually lost all my grandparents quite young. I lost mm. the last one about a year ago. But um, a lot of them died when I was young, and I just didn't understand it at all. Like not one dot in my mind. Mm. Like it was super weird and kind of sad because then I kind of wasn't overly like helpful probably for my parents while they were grieving in that. Mm. But then losing Chump and then losing Dad, like just mm. fucking, I, like I honestly still don't understand death, but I did see it firsthand with Dad and, mm. yeah, I feel like that's a bit of a, like a, it's etched obviously into my brain that him literally transitioning out of life and like mm. seeing that. And as well just, I think too when from his diagnosis to him passing there was so many transitions within oh that God. process that yeah. you and his care and shit had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And you don't know that. There's not a there's not no. a rule book. No. Stop breathing like that. Oh my god, I'm chocolate. eating my chocolate. Just wait until When you... Chumpy passed away, everyone was so harmonious and worked together and like was so, you know, beautiful to each other and loving as you would expect when you're grieving or you're going through something so fucked. And we just had weird situations go down when dad passed away and like people just weren't nice to each other. And me and my brother got treated so fucked and like it's just like not not what you expect in such a crazy situation. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen that like firsthand somewhat with my family as well. After the, my grandma passed away, obviously around our wedding in Bali, it's just really everyone deals with death differently, and everyone's responses in their yes. flight or fight or flight mode is completely different. And yeah. you know, some people have got a lot of empathy, and some people have got a lot of compassion. Whereas some people don't want it actually bar of anyone, and they shut yeah. down and they have no response, and they don't have any emotion, and they don't want to be touched, and they don't want to be cuddled. Then some people respond with anger, and some people like don't want to work together, and some people get greedy, and like oh, there's some so people get much- fucking greedy, and it's yeah. like they're just excited to just take shit, and it's not watching what you you went through with Chum, I think that that was the most harmonious situation oh. that I've experienced personally because every other experience that I've, I've you know, from my grandma passing to my pop passing, family does weird shit, you know, and you think that you're a unit and then it just like falls apart and it's like how did this happen, you know? Death seriously can bring out the worst. And then there's like wills and, you know. Yeah. Some like that, that that's written by those like, a will is written by the person yeah. whose will it is, obviously. Yeah. And then they've passed away and then all of a sudden people think that things can be different on wills and it's just like, why? Mm. Like this person's passed away. It's so awfully sad. Mm. Can we be in this moment and be a unit and be happy for their life and celebrate their life and support each other rather than just trying to like be so malicious in ways of handling things. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, it definitely makes sense. I had this fucked situation, <laughs> me and my brother. 
Like, I mean, get, go fit. Like, I know you know this, but get, get this. Like, go fucking figure. My dad died of brain cancer, right? But a week prior to him dying of brain cancer, and picture brain cancer, the last week of your life, you're properly, like, not well. Mm. His will got changed a week prior to him passing away. Somehow my brother, power of, a, of attorney, wasn't present for this either. So, like, crazy shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually like just it. bonkers. Um, but, yeah, again, water off a duck's back sometimes. I'm just like, fuck, honestly, get on with it. Like, it shouldn't be like that, but yeah. I, I have bigger fish, fish to fry and, like, totally. life has to go on and I know Dad would just want us frothing and living for him and, yeah, you know. You've dealt with your shit pretty good. You're it's a weird because I'm always soldier. like I don't You're deal soft. with things. Like I'm like I kind of just like go, oh, let's just get on with it. But then maybe that is dealing. Like I, I do brush things under the rug, yeah. but maybe I'm actually brushing them away under the rug, not just hiding Yeah, but them. I feel like with you, you brush them under the rug, but then you it also does bottle up. It like definitely you, you up. like your jar gets full. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly like the analogy that Cooper does with his like you can only take so much and you brush it so many times or, you you know, that's yeah. just your cup filling up, filling up, filling up, filling up, filling yeah. up. And then, and then if I get stressed, it, um, and then like, it just, I blow. Blows. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to blow. <laughs> but nah, with like, you know, just shit like that, I'm just like, oh, onwards and upwards, honestly. Yeah. But with like grief stuff that affects me, like I genuinely miss my dad and chump so yeah. much that I don't care about all the other bullshit that comes yeah, with totally. comes with them actually passing. It's just like a miss and a longing and a mm. love for them that I just miss miss their yeah. presence. So that above and beyond, it's all about like the person. Yeah. It's not about the fucking saga that comes with it. Saga. Saga. Breakups, divorce. Well, crazy. we haven't gone through divorces yet. We do have a few friends, which is crazy. Yeah, lots of friends, a few friends in our 20s. Married and divorced in t- their 20s. Yeah, like a year after they got married and shit, just like divorcing. And then and then they like went through so much. They were like, I cannot, like they were both rattled that they were getting divorced. Mm. And then like crazy be- life is beautiful and like, I think the universe delivers and give, gave them and they're both like happily with new people now and like yeah. life's moved on and like. Yeah. But isn't it so funny? Like you go to weddings. I remember one of their weddings was like the best wedding I've ever been to in my life. And I was like, this is the, I, me and Chumpy literally both were at that wedding and he genuinely, we do not care about weddings as you guys know. I've spoken about that. We didn't really care about getting married. We're just like, oh, this is a piss up. This would be fun to go to other people's weddings. He genuinely said, this makes me want to get married. Like, this is fucking beautiful. My one vision of that wedding of you is because Elodie was a bridesmaid. There's that photo of you and you've got your Spanx on and you've got your dress lifted all the way up and it's just those long, blue, those long bike pants Spanx Oh, my God. That, I'm talking that about the other one. Wear. I'm talking about the other, wed- the other wedding. Oh. But the, I mean, both of them are fucking go. beautiful. I was out of town. Yeah, you missed that one. Just the speeches were just amazing and you're like, oh, this is the best relationship ever. And then like a year later, divorced. <laughs> it's like yeah, fuck. So sad. Life so just gnarly. throws you bombs. Life throws bombs at you guys and you just um, got to put out fires left, front and centre. We're all firefighters, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Add that one to the career, that notch on the belt. But then And then breakups. I, we didn't really... I think we only, both of us only had that one serious relationship and we kind of both sort of broke up around the same time. So we were on the same, it's the only same wavelength that we've been on in our whole life. I tell you you what though, breakups are gnarly, but it's actually for me, I had a really easy one because I got cheated on and I was just like, (laughs) 
scared fucked because <laughs> I was so angry. I was so sad there for a little, like a few weeks or something. And Laura had her birthday, her 21st mm. birthday. And I was like, I can't come, Laura. I'm too sad. And that you girls were like, You're get coming. the fuck out of the house. You are coming. And then that's the night I hooked up with Chumpy. So the universe. thanks to the girls for getting me out of the house that night. Fully. But yeah, breakups are gnarly. I mean, I don't have heaps of experience with that. We're all mates still yeah, we're with, all our, mates, with our exes. I reckon you'd have a laugh. Shout out, boys. Yeah, shout out to the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the boys. <laughs> and then I think that the, well, I mean, there's obviously so many life transitions and don't be listening to us for advice, but I think that the other ones that we have no experience in really is the retirement. Obviously, we're not retiring yet. Yet. <laughs> oh, but we have seen our parents retire. Oh, you haven't. No, my parents haven't retired. I feel like an, one big one that we're, my my family are transitioning through at the moment is there's like a thing called empty nest syndrome and it's yeah. like when the last, the last child leaves the coop because my family have like, <laughs> well, well it, my no, family have been, we've been together our, obviously our whole life. I'm I mean, he's 32 never now. leaving the coop. I'm putting her in a cage in the coop. <laughs> but I'm one of four and so my youngest is like 21 and she's just like pretty much moved out. So it's just mum and dad at home now. So they're obviously going through a huge transition in oh, trying to learn to live without us constantly in their grills. And you'd almost be like a bit bored. Like You I mean, have to change so much because yeah. mum's usually used to shopping for a thousand people eating dinner and like Al's such a provider like as in such a feeder and such a so invested in you guys and like you guys are all living in the house and she just loves that community aspect like the family vibe and like but now we live like Paul and I obviously live overseas Cooper um my brother lives on the Gold Coast my sister lives with her um boyfriend and then Sophia's just like a snow bunny at the moment so it's yeah, it's it's definitely would be a huge change. And I can only imagine it's, imagine having four children and for 32 years having them in your like in your pocket and then all of a sudden they're like they have to just let go. It'd be so now. heavy. We're adults. Yeah. yeah. So that's I feel like that's like one of the most major life transitions. Yeah. Apart from losing someone that yeah. you have to go through. Wow. And, and and another one as well, I think, which I haven't experienced, but imagine, I can only imagine how sad and hard it would be for a parent to actually have to put a parent or yeah. someone that you love into like aged care or home. I think that that yeah. would be really, really difficult because yeah. that's nobody wants to do that. Yeah. You know, when you're growing 100%. up and like your elderly grandparents and they're like, I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to a nursing home. I don't want, like my pop lived oh. right up until he passed away in like, he wasn't a nursing home, but it was like one of those homes in a nursing home self-contained. But he was like, I'm not, I refuse to yeah. go to that next level. And so, but at some point, sometimes they actually need to. And my mom always so says sad. to me, kill me before I go into one of those. And I'm like, well, fuck, I don't, I don't know how to, like, like I'm not doing that mum. And she's like, don't worry, I'll sort it out. And I'm, like, I'm not actually mad about someone feeding me. You would love that. Yeah. You love that shit. You just get to ring a bell all the time. Chloe loves getting on planes Ham and just and cheese sandwiches, the people. Hospital sandwiches. Bring me that. Cup of teas. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually did work in a nursing home and then I kind of didn't, you know, I was just like, oh, these old people are so cute. Like I love them, had like hilarious conversations with them and they, a lot of them had dementia and like it was mm. just like I just try and make them laugh and have good chats with them and have like the same chat 45 mm. times a day with them. But then my my nan, 
my oma, my dad's mum, who's Dutch, who lived till she was like 98. She's epic. She had a fall one day and she ended up coming into the nursing home I was working at. And that's only a few months later I went, you know what, fuck this. I can't work here anymore. Like yeah. I just, it's it's kind of like too close to home now and I just. But like, imagine poor, as well I, being them too and like oh, I, reversing. You literally yes. start reversing. Oh, imagine going through that. Yeah. I saw her decline so rapidly in the nursing home and it was super confronting for dad as well. Like just. And having to like. Yeah. Your children and and strangers yeah. like yeah. changing your nappies and stuff like that like that is really really sad. It'd be so hard to watch as a as a kid like when Minnie has to do that shit for me and watch me do that. So I think just to like literally sum it all up though is like transitioning through life experience is not linear. It's mm. zigzag, and there's no way to transition properly. I think it's all about. You know, one foot in front of one the other foot vibes. in front of the other, but also like leaning on support people that you, you that you have in your corner, trying yeah. to speak about your experiences, and also not comparing to other people. Like, exactly. cool, your friends might be getting married before you. Like, just wish them well, and just know that, like, whatever's meant to be for you is coming. Like, I mean, I, I think like your friends might have a better job or get paid more than you, and like, it's just so easy to always be comparing. But you just need to run at your own, run your race, run at your own pace. Yeah. You're not going to stoke everyone out, no. which I'm learning. This is a transition in my life is that, you know, you can try and put out as much positive energy into the world and as much goodness, but people are always going to hate you. And that does, like, you You just got to be like mm. just zero fucks given literally. Yeah. I think another one is which like. Which is difficult. You said have good people around you. It definitely is all about just like the village or just the people that you friends that you have around you when you leave your friend's company I think I I I do this like I I always think do I feel better about myself from hanging out with that person did she or he make me feel good or do I leave going fuck I'm questioning myself I'm feeling shit like they make me just feel like crap about myself just it's, they don't, don't even have to be a nasty person, but it's like just the feeling or the vibe that you get from after being with someone like, fuck mm. those people off. Life's too short to have people around you that don't make you feel good. And yeah. you very quickly start to know the people you want to gravitate towards and give, give your energy to. And for me, I think I think the most important thing for happiness in my life is the people that I surround myself with 100%. And that's what's, what's helped me go through all the transitions and the bullshit that's come my way for sure. Yeah. Like my, like, my family are my rocks. You're my rock. My my girls around me. Like I feel fucking blessed because I I don't know how I would have got through it with all you guys without yeah. all you guys. Amen, sister. Mm. Love that. Dear darlings, I'm 27 years old and yet to meet the love of my life. I've had many boyfriends and situationships in the past, but have just not felt that lifelong companionship feeling with a guy yet, or if I have, they haven't been ready to settle. All of that aside, my dream is to be a mum. So I've been thinking seriously into IVF with a sperm donor. Would love to hear some more input on this. You always hear about women doing IVF with their straight partner or as a same-sex couple, but never hear of a single woman doing it alone with a donor. My family is unbelievably supportive, so I won't be alone in the process. Any advice? She sounds like a strong woman that doesn't want to settle for less, which I love, like doesn't just settle for these fucking boyfriends mm-hmm. just because she wants a baby so badly, mm-hmm. and I love that she knows what she wants. Mm. I mean, you think if I was in this 
position and I hadn't because I, I've always really wanted to be a mother. And if I got to, if I was at my age, for example, now 32, and I really hadn't met that person yet, mm. I would definitely consider this myself. I don't know what the process is with it. You'd obviously have to go through lots of like yeah. leaps and hoops to sort of, to get to that. I would a hundred percent move forward with this because you don't want to exactly what Ella just mm. said. You don't want to settle for less just because you want a baby. I'm sure you'll be just as great as a mum, whether you have a partner or you don't have a partner. And and I'm I'm all for this one. I yeah. don't really have too much advice on it, but it's a hard yes for me. It's hard to raise a kid alone and hard to raise a kid with a partner regardless. Kids are a whole other thing. So like I like take it from me, I'm literally doing it alone. I think I what I would do if I was you is I would start getting the ball rolling, go, you know, have that first consult, yeah. you know, do a few of those things that make it feel serious. And if it feels right to keep going down that ro- route, yeah. I would do that. You're going to get a really good idea once you go see a therapist. Yes. I think the first step would be actually go see a therapist of some sort and like explain your situation, explain your feelings, get it all out there. And like someone who specializes in that field, they will be able to give you a lot of direction mm. and they'll be able to ask you the hard questions that you just can't ask yourself or maybe some other people aren't asking you. So that would be my first step. Start journaling in the interim, I think, and start writing down your thoughts and writing down your whys. Yeah. I'm sure there's like prompts that you can find online about this sort of thing and just sort of start getting stuff out on paper. And then once you start seeing, start seeing a therapist, you can sort of talk through this. They can talk through the pros, they can talk through the cons, mm. but I think that it's a beautiful idea. And I don't think that you should be, you shouldn't be allowed to not have a child because you don't have a partner. But you know, know. that's obviously a very controversial and, statement. But this is so common. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah I don't want to, um, diminish like the, no. the problem because it's a fucking like it's a it's something that you'd really have to deliberate but so many girls would be in this boat I mean you could also even start by freezing your eggs too because yes. that's probably a good start because then you've always got them in the bank and I that's just love it. the assertiveness like this this is a girl who's 27 and like when you know when you have a clear idea of what you want in life that's fucking that's power go for that mm. I've never been clear in my life <laughs> it's fucking fog town up here <laughs> 